Hi everyone, this is Will Weinrub of Cryptoys, combining toys, gaming, and entertainment to create a revolutionary, expansive, playable universe. I'm on the edge of NFT, the podcast that's committed to expanding your universe with each new episode. Stay tuned. Hey, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode to learn how we hope to create the next Ninja Turtles craze with relationship magic. And why Mattel disrupted their own category to become masters of the digital universe. Now, our hot topic guest is solving for Web3 burnout, both online and in IRL in beautiful Malibu County, California. All this and more on today's episode. And don't forget, we put together a gathering called NFTLA just a few months back that brought out thousands of the world's most innovative doers in the NFT space. Head to NFTLA.live to get tickets to our bigger, bolder, better, but just as intimate and impactful event happening in Los Angeles, March 20th to the 23rd, 2023. See you there. Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger the podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's guest is Will Weinrub, a serial entrepreneur and currently CEO and co-founder of OnChain Studios, the makers for the NFT gaming platform, Cryptoys. Before OnChain Studios, Will founded the Miami-based startup Live Ninja, which was acquired in 2017. OnChain Studios has raised over $30 million from top-tier investment firms such as Andreessen Horowitz, Dapper Labs, CoinFund, Draper & Associates, Accrue Capital, and others. I think I've heard of some of those. <laughs> they also recently signed a multi-year partnership with a legendary toy company, Mattel, also somewhat familiar. Will also invest in startups through Flamingo Capital and runs the Local Leaders Collective, an organization that helps founders overcome challenges through peer support. On the personal side, Will is obsessed with Miami sports, the Heat, and the Dolphins in particular, has three kids, Victoria, Kevin, and Tyler, and an Australian Shepherd ace, love Australian Shepherds. He also has a strong affinity towards really good Southern barbecue and thinks the best flavor combination in the world is chocolate and peanut butter. Man, we need to hang out as well. This sounds great. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it sounds like we could have used your collective. And I have to say, shout out to the Dolphins. I'm a Patriots fan, man. It, it hasn't been our strongest year. So you guys need a little bit of time to shine. It's been a while. Bro, you had your decade. <laughs> yeah, come on. You did well with your 50 million Super Bowls. We just need one at this point. So I think hey, two, two is going to make it happen. The, I think the Patriots yeah. are like one of the most expensive franchises in the world now. Not a bad cycle there. It just pisses me off as a Dolphin fan because we had to put up with Tom Brady and the Patriots for the last 15 years. And then as soon as he leaves, now we got to deal with the Bills and Josh <laughs> Allen. So I thought uh, we would have the division, but it doesn't look like it, unfortunately. Um, look, man, at least on the Constellation, you're building something pretty epic here crypt toys you got a portal with toys gaming entertainment all colliding on the blockchain bringing new meaning to the word play it's great to have you on the show and to hear about your some of the stuff you have brewing here we we had mattel at nftla and we had the sense that there was more to what they were cooking up and now the whole circle comes to us so how did this platform begin and tell us what you're up to Sure. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Really excited to be here and jam with you guys. Yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I got started in tech when I was a kid. I got my thousand hours of America online via CD-ROM in the mail, for those of you that remember those days. And that got me started on the internet and I was on AOL a lot in those topic-based chat rooms and got started building websites on GeoCities. Again, dating myself here, but for those of you that remember GeoCities and Angel Fire and Tripod and those free hosting sites back in the day and just started building sites. And that's how I got started in tech, building websites for people for money. And then I did some consulting stuff when I was a teenager just to make some side. By, by the way, sorry, I'm so sorry. 
I think GeoCity should come back as a metaverse project. That'd be sick. Right? I feel That'd like that's... Great. I'd love that. If we're going to as an NFT project, they might as well bring back GeoCities. Nice. If Radio Shack could be relaunched, anything's possible at this point, <laughs> right? That, that's how I got started. And then I went off to Florida State University. I came out of Florida State, started my first venture-backed company that was called Live Ninja. I sold that company in 2017, as you mentioned. And then this whole thing with cryptoids really started off as a side project shortly after I sold the company. Around late 2017, early 2018, started learning about NFTs through Fred Wilson, who's a venture capitalist for Union Square Ventures. I'm a big fan of his early investor in Twitter and Tumblr. And he had this blog called AVC. He still has it, avc.com. And he used to write every single day. Now I think he's slowed down a little bit, but they wrote a blog post and he's basically said he's investing in this new company called Axiom Zen. They're renaming to Dapper Labs and they have this thing called CryptoKitties that's coming out. And he said, don't laugh because they're digital cats on the blockchain, but trust me, NFTs are going to be a big thing one day digital collectibles are going to be a thing. And to me, I grew up a comic book collector, collecting action figures and playing video games. To me, digital collectibles made all the sense in the world. So I started buying my first crypto kitties back then, setting up a MetaMask wallet and whatnot, and then just playing around with it. But I was fascinated. And then at the time, my daughter, she was about five years old. She's now nine. She was really into these things called blind bag toys, like things like LOL Surprise, Hatchimals, Rainbow Corns. For those parents out there that have kids around the same age, you know what these things are. You buy them for 20, 30 bucks at Target or Walmart. Kids buy them home. They open up these little plastic eggs and inside is a random toy. And some are more rare than others. And I was spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on this stuff. And I think as any like entrepreneur would, you get curious. You're like, why this? Like, why are you so fascinated with this? What about this is so fascinating? So I started looking up the company that made it. They were just generating billions of dollars on these toys. And uh, I was just fascinated by the concept and just learning about, you know, this new trend in the toy industry. And then one day I'm working from home. My daughter screams from the playroom with excitement and she's dad, come quick, come quick. Oh my God, I got it. I got the ultra rare. Finally, I got the ultra rare. And I go to see what she's doing and she's holding up this gold glittery plastic toy. She looks at it for 10 seconds and then throws it in the bin with all the other ones just to collect dust, like the mountain of plastic. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, here is this multi-billion dollar segment of the toy industry that's predicated on collectability and scarcity. We can now do these digitally for the first time ever because there's this thing that Fred's talking about, this NFT thing. We can now bring these this concept of toys to the blockchain. So I go to my daughter. I said, sweetheart, what if I were to make you the digital version of these toys where you can collect them, chase after the rare ones, but then when you get them, you could actually do things with them play games with them, interact with them. Would that be something you'd be interested in? And she's, oh my God, dad, that'd be amazing. I would love that. So I was thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, I got a couple of years left on my earn out, but I have my nights and weekends because even though I have a full-time job, I could still do a side project on the weekends. So I go to my old co-founders at Live Ninja and I said, hey, do you want to do a little side project with me? And I pitched them the concept and they were really excited about it. And then Freddie joined the team and he was Emilio's friend that they worked together back at Disney. And then he worked for Konami Games and a bunch of other gaming studios. So he really brought the 3D expertise to the project. And from 2018 to 2020, we just built this little passion project and nobody cared about NFTs at all from 2018 to 2020. So we looked pretty stupid for those two years because like we would go around and hey, we just sold this company, Live Ninja. So everybody in Miami was like, oh, you just sold the company. Congrats, man. What's the next move? What are you going to do next? And I was like, I'm still trying to figure that out. But in the meantime, let me show you this digital panda that I'm working on. <laughs> and they'd be like, uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> and you I'd need to like, spend more money on therapy at this point, I think. Yeah, yeah no, no, it was like. one of those moments. And they're like, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, I'm like, it lives on the blockchain. And they're like, yeah, sure it does, bro. <laughs> it was like one of those things where like, these digital pandas, are they in the room with us now? Do you see the digital pandas? And again, we were just building it for our kids, so we really didn't care. And then again, nobody really got it. But until 20, late, late 2020, the NBA Top Shot craze 
really hit. And that's when we got some interest in the project from VCs and other partners. So we raised a little bit of capital and what turned was a little side project for our kids turned into now a full company. And we're over 50 employees now around the country and raised some venture capital wow. and some great partnerships and have some awesome things brewing. So that's how the whole yeah. thing got started. Yeah. Raise some venture capital. That's a nice and simple way to say Andreessen Horowitz is investing. It's a big deal, man. That's pretty cool. I probably don't have time to go into that in this podcast, but I'd love to know how that connection came to be and what that sure. pitch was like. Yeah. Had you pitched it, Andreessen Horowitz, before it, something? Or how, how did that come to be? A16Z, we got introduced by one of our initial investors in the company. That they said, hey, what you're doing is really interesting. We'd love to chat more and got on a call with them. And that's how the introduction started. So it was a first-time intro by one of our early investors. Very cool. Yeah. We've clearly entered a new era for games, toys, collectibles. Yeah. As you mentioned, you're a part of the initiation of that era. When you envision this future of kind of the play paradigm, digital collectibles, NFTs, what's in your imagination? Yeah. So for me, I think it's really exciting that there, first of all, you talk about the toy industry in general and just the deal of the concept of play, right? And for those of you that have kids, you'll recognize this rather quickly. The way people play is changing very rapidly, especially younger, younger audiences. Like my kids, they have their physical toys and things that they play with in, in real life. And then they also play with in, in digital formats as well. And if you look at the way that our kids play on pads and video game consoles, you would look probably at a high level and say, like I did, I'd say, okay, they're playing video games. But really, it's a very different modality of video games than when you and I played growing up as a kid. Because we played things like, remember, we played Doom as a kid. We played GoldenEye. We played Mario, right? That was a type of video game format. When kids are playing these days, it's a much more social experience when they're gaming. So they look at things like Minecraft and Roblox, even Fortnite to an extent. These are social experiences at its core that have gaming wrapped around the social kind of method and modality. So like when my kid's playing, he's not playing like a normal shoot 'em up game. Like when we played GoldenEye as a kid, his play pattern is, hey, Benji, meet me in that corner and let's go build this structure together in Roblox. It's really more of an after school social activity than it really is a video game that we think about. So he has the methods of play in the physical world where he's like, hey, come over to my house and let's go play in my room. But then he also has the virtual extension of that where sky's the limit because all of a sudden you could do all these different things digitally. You could play with people around the world. And these kids are ebbing and flowing between physical and digital very seamlessly. To them, it's just methods. It's not an either or conversation. It's very much an and conversation. The way that I see the future is very much native to that. And I think when it comes to NFTs and digital collectibles, I think it makes a lot of sense for the generation that's being born into this world, because for them, this is very natural. For example, my daughter, we're Jewish, so we celebrated Hanukkah last December. And the big gift that she wanted for Hanukkah, she like, I was like, sweetheart, what do you want for your eighth night of Hanukkah? She ran up to her room, she grabs her iPad and she says, dad, I want you to authorize an in-app purchase for $99 for me in my favorite iPad game. Like when I was a kid for Hanukkah, I got a bicycle, but my daughter wants an in-app purchase on digital items. You'll appreciate that my girlfriend got yeah. me a Tom Brady rare NFT in DraftKings for Hanukkah. That's sick. That's a great gift right there. It'd be cool though to my daughter if I was able to say, because I bought digital items in app purchases for years. We spent tons of money on that. It would have been great if I was able to say, you know what, sweetheart, fine, I'll buy you $99 worth of digital items. But why don't you sell the other thousand that you don't play with that's just doing nothing right now? Or better yet, give those to charity or to a kid that can't afford them. Right now, she's unable to do neither. She has no control over those those NFTs. And I think that's actually backwards. I think that it makes no sense that my daughter can go to her room, grab a toy, any physical toy that exists there, and sell that on eBay, but she can't do the same thing for her digital items. And then you extrapolate that to the gaming industry, think about the gaming industry. We could all go into GameStop right now and purchase a copy of Halo, right, for $59.99. That's our copy. I could give that to a friend. I could put it on Amazon. I could sell them back to GameStop. GameStop will probably only give me $2 for it, but they'll still give me something for it at that point. But if I spend that exact same amount of money, $59.99 through the Microsoft App Store and download the game digitally, I have no rights to it whatsoever. 
the mm. same amount of money. It's the same product. It's just the delivery mechanism and the rights are completely different. And I think that's fundamentally broken. So I think when I look at the future of this industry as it relates to play and into gaming, I'm very excited about where things are going and how things can change for the better. Sure. Yeah. It's not fundamentally broken for Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. sounds like it's people well, realizing it, it, they want to take back this type of, uh, this type of ability to do this type of thing. What are you going to say, it, Josh? It, it will be broken for them though, if they don't shape up and exactly. you know, that Apple store trying to charge 30% on NFT or they yeah. are, it's, it's challenging. But Jeff, I'm just reflecting on what Will's sharing and what you always say about NFTs being the building blocks of the future. Essentially, he's manifesting that through cryptoids. It is. It 100% is, right? Just the ability to do with digital assets what we're doing with digital assets now, as opposed to strictly in-game purchases in a closed ecosystem. It's game-changing, man. The smart contract approach, the IP 1155, it changed everything. And the coolest part is it's just getting started, right? So we'll just quickly follow up on the sort of vision of the future. How do you see Flow involved? Is it like the major player? Is it What is Flow's role in the future of all this? So... Flow was very clearly like, again, heads and shoulders above the other blockchains that we looked at at the time for what we wanted to do. So the Flow blockchain, first of all, it's much easier to get started from a development perspective than Ethereum. So like any good Web2 developer can get started in Cadence rather quickly if they know JavaScript and they're a decent developer, they can get onboarded pretty quick. Also, fees are incredibly low. And again, things are getting better in, in other blockchains like Ethereum and whatnot for fees, but specifically flows, fees are very minimal. Also, there's some architecture in the way that very smart decisions that were made by Flow and how it was built and architected that lent itself very well for games like ours and for assets like ours. For example, there could be a, an NFT that owns other NFTs and bundled together very seamlessly inside of the code. And then also something that people don't give much credit for is that the environmental concerns, whether they're they have validity or not, or there's a gray area, are in the minds of a lot of big IP holders. So we have these meetings with a lot of folks that license IP. And some folks that are like old executives will be like, hey, I heard blockchain's bad for the environment. We don't want to get involved with blockchain stuff. And that sentiment's out there, whether there's some semblance of truth or not, it's still a sentiment you got to deal with. Flow early on, they did a research report that showed that minting something on the flow blockchain was the equivalent from an energy consumption perspective of four Google searches. So that report helped us a lot when it came to dealing with IP partners and making these deals happen. And then also on top of that, Dapper Labs who made flow, they're incredible partners. To have someone like, like Roham and Mickey and Redima and the team at Dapper that I can go to for all these different things, whether it's help with business development, licensing, smart contract support, dev support, marketing support, they're there for us. And that's invaluable when you're dealing with an early stage startup and you need every advantage that you can get. So they're just great partners to have in general. And frankly, as an entrepreneur that's been exposed to NFTs since NFTs really started, I have a massive hat tip to give to Dapper, because if you ask most people how they got involved in NFTs, the majority of people give you one of two answers, either CryptoKitties or NBA Top Shot. And both of those projects were started by Dapper Labs. So you're talking about like OGs in the space that literally built a space. They coined the term NFT and they've done so much. So I just have massive respect for the people over there. And I think they got a great vision on where the future's going. And I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs about this when they when when they are asked to pick a blockchain and by by no means and i think this is actually very bad for the space is you have a lot of maximalists you have the eth maxis you have the solana maxis you have polygon and flow and there's all these great choices out there it's not one size fits all there's a bunch of great choices but what i encourage entrepreneurs to do is to pick the platform that's best for them but really focus at the end of the day on utility and great user experience because at the end of the day, if this is going to go mainstream, just NFTs in general, the mainstream consumer is not going to care which blockchain it's on. My theory is that consumers will care about three things mainly. They'll care, number one, is it a great user experience? Two, are the fees low? Because I don't want to pay exorbitant fees for a platform if I don't have to. And three, do I have true ownership and liquidity? of these assets. Like realistically, if I put it up for sale, am I gonna be able to sell it? If you hit those three things, consumers aren't gonna care if it's on Ethereum, Flow, Polygon, Wax, 
it's not going to matter. The Reddit deployment the other day is a great example of that, right? Nobody knows that it's Polygon on the back end. Nobody cares that it's Polygon on the back end. It's a use case that fits that platform and they provided a great user experience. The Starbucks NFT, it's going to be the exact same thing. This whole Odyssey thing. People are going to log into their Starbucks app. They're going to see their NFTs. They're not going to know which blockchain it is on the back end. It's going to feel native to the platform. For us, it was like, what makes the most sense for us to create the best user experience? And for us, that was Flow. That's why we're yeah, I would even argue people aren't going to give a shit if there's an NFT or not. We just know that there's something cool there for mainstream audience, right? There's just such a handful of people really relatively speaking in the space right now. I think what's going to matter at the end of the day to people, do they have true ownership and liquidity of the asset? And you yeah. have to be able to prove that there's true ownership and liquidity. And for models where supply and demand plays a factor, you have to be able to prove scarcity and assure scarcity or else, hey, you're just a company that can mint 5 million more swords tomorrow because you feel like it. So those are the things I think matter. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't think the concept of an NFT, just because an NFT doing well, I don't think that really is going to happen in the future. I think it's really about consumer market fit at the end of the day. But yeah, and to that point, some things that people do really give a shit about are brands that they care about that create nostalgia in them or connection or relationships with certain brands, with certain products that have been developed or IP that's been developed under the flag of these brands. And you all have this really killer partnership coming up to that end with Mattel. Tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, we're super excited about the Mattel partnership. I think early on, we were in a fortunate position where we really focused all of our efforts on toys. Like you look at a lot of NFT platforms, they focus on a lot of different areas. They focus on a lot of doing different things. We just focused on toys and what digital toys look like. And because of that, we spoke with a lot of the major toy companies and we had a chance to sit down and really have these great conversations. And it was just clear to us right from the get-go that Mattel was the one that was like leaning forward the most into innovation and technology. And I think a lot of these toy companies, these legacy ones, they thought about, oh, NFTs, digital is going to be a thing, or hey, this is going to hurt our existing physical business and whatnot. And Mattel had this mindset, this is where the world's heading. It's not physical or digital, it's physical and digital. And if we're going to be disrupted, we need to be the ones that disrupt ourselves, right? So I just love that methodology. I love that mindset. And we quickly said, okay, if we're going to partner with someone, these are the partners for us. So we just started having conversations, just very casual conversations and exploring where we could take things together and quickly realized that we all wanted to work each other. The feeling was mutual. And they came in also, what was cool about that deal was it looks at the surface like it's a traditional licensing deal where we're licensing their IP. It actually goes a step beyond that. We are licensing and working with their IP, sure, but they actually invested in the company as well as part of our Series A. So Mattel is actually shareholders of the company too. So there's fully aligned incentives for both sides to, to do really cool stuff together to maximize shareholder value. And we talk to them every single week. I literally just got a, a notification for a, a calendar invite that just popped up of a meeting that's happening right now with my art team and their team to do some cool stuff. So they're true partners. I think of them very much in the same way that I think of Flow and Dapper. They're just like an extension of the team at this point. And they've just been awesome. It's so fascinating to hear how collaborative the relationship has been. Jeff and I went to those licensing shows in Vegas back mm. in the day before digital products were a thing. And in fact, we're exploring different licensing options for a fashion line we're doing. And they were willing to just give us the digital rights with the physical rights. It was like no big deal to them, right? At that moment. And, uh, but we also learned to your point, how important true partnership was because there was definitely these booths and these IP holders that are like, yeah, name your price and you can use our IP, sure. But the sure. ones that had the most stories to tell, that had the biggest upside were the ones that sort of brought true partnership and collaboration to the table and understood what that can be. And it sounds like Mattel's an ideal fit from a Web3 partnership perspective. So that's great to hear. Yeah. And specifically, you guys have something that you got a drop coming up like November 9th, right? This is the Masters of the Universe. Like, What is that all about? Talk about a throwback brand, man. That's amazing. Totally. And we looked at when we did the partnership with Mattel, they basically asked, like, hey, what IP would you want to get started with? And you look at their the brands that they have some really cool stuff. For us, I think what was exciting, first of all, we created a whole backstory and lore with our platform. If you go to cryptoys.com, you'll notice a two-minute short like that we did high-quality animation that goes over the backstory of these characters. And just for your listeners, the backstory of Cryptoys, just to quickly summarize it. 
is that Cryptoys are 8-bit video game characters from 1981 that get sucked into a wormhole and transported 40 years into the future. And they go from 8-bit pixelated game characters to fully 3D animated. They get dumped on the blockchain. They have to learn about the nature of their new existence as NFTs. And we have a very heavy 80s nostalgia angle to our platform. Aesthetically, I like to say it's like Stranger Things meets Pixar. And I remember just like the golden age of toys of us all growing up as kids in the 80s and 90s. And we really want to harken back to that. And we recognize that even though we're building an all ages gaming platform, a toy platform that's friendly for all ages, we're starting off with parents because you have to be 18 or up to sign up, to create an account, to create effectively a wallet, right? And we know that the majority of people that are buying cryptoys, at least to start, are people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. So we looked up the IPs that we were we had available to us and we looked at Master Universe, which is an IP that I grew up with as a kid. And I'm just curious, I said, when was this brand actually launched? And Cryptoy's backstory takes place in 1981. And then lo and behold, I look it up on Wikipedia. When was Masters of the Universe created? It was 1981 and then launched in stores in 1982. So for us, it was like the perfect kind of crossover. And then if you look at most of the NFT folks, like again, I could, all of us are roughly the same age. We all grew up with He-Man and Skeletor and Orko and that whole cast of characters. So nostalgia plays such a huge part in the platform. And I don't think you can have a more iconic nostalgic toy line than He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So we were just excited to sink our teeth into that one first and then go from there. Oh nice. man, I was at a I was at a Halloween party on Saturday and there was a warrior princess and I was like, oh, you must be She-Ra. And she's who's She-Ra? And I was like, all right, I just totally dated myself. But yeah, I was a huge He-Man and She-Ra fan. Yeah. You dated yourself yeah. and you're not dating. Yeah, my, I don't actually, I don't think my girlfriend knows who She-Ra or He-Man is either, but that's Perfect. that's fine. More power to them. But yeah, that's a great choice. I can totally appreciate why you would start with a collection like that. That that sounds exciting. I have to ask you, when you said more power to them, were you thinking like we have the power? Was that a, <laughs> a pun there? It was, it was an unintended it, pun? It, that was it, nice. it might have been yeah. as, you know, what, the powers of Grayskull? Is that right? Is it? Is it? By the power, power of Grayskull. Grayskull I have the yeah. Power. yeah. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. Oh man, that's exciting, Will. Before we skip off that topic though, I'm going to give you a little permission to shill here, Will. Like why do people need to get involved in this? I know the drop's coming up here. We might be able to put the word out. What, sure. What's what, Why now? Why do they got to get in? There's basically two drops that are happening. We have our Genesis drop. We just did a test drop the other week. We did 400 units and then we're doing a few more beta tests. So the Genesis drop is our characters, our three characters, Comet, Juno, and, and Alfie. And that's basically the first off the line. That's the first that we'll ever do. And there's, the, of course, the benefits of being a Genesis line. The Masters of the Universe line is the first licensed public drop on Cryptoys. So it's the first time we do a license with a partner, and that's obviously Mattel and, and Masters of the Universe. And they're both heroes. So like we have three tiers of the platform. The lowest tier are adventurers. They're the base tier. Then you have the mid tier, which are the elites. And then you have highest tier, which are heroes. The heroes are the most capable toys on the platform. And we're only going to make so many of them. Both are Genesis line and the Masters line are all heroes. And we'll release a bunch of lower tier ones shortly after. But if you want to get a hero, a Cryptoy, and stack them and collect them, like this is probably your best chance to do so early on in these drops because and, there's a lot of stuff that's coming that is specific for heroes. And what about the fact that He-Man and She-Ra are heroes? How does that fit into it? Yeah, and that's a part of it, right? To be a hero tier, you've got to be heroes in the lore. These are all, it all ties into things narratively. And we're very cautious about how we interweave different aspects of the platform from the toy standpoint to the gaming point, then also entertainment and scripting and how we craft different episodes and an animated series. So you'll see it all come together pretty holistically. That's awesome, man. And you got it out there right in time for a toy season. That's the hope. Our hope is that one day, I think the goal is you make it in Oprah magazine one day. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but maybe next year we have a chance. And then it's the hot toy of the holiday season. It's not a physical toy. It's a digital toy. That'll be the, that'll be the headline I'm looking for. We got some work to get there, but that's the mission. That's cool. When you everybody um, look under your chairs. You've right. got you, it. You get a crypto. <laughs> Look, you mentioned that you've been following this space for a while and some of the old projects and folks and some of whom you're now collaborating with. But are there any other projects that you've been keeping tabs on in the space that you find intriguing? 
Yeah, there are a lot. First off, I'm a, I hold board apes and stuff like that from early days, and I'm really excited about what Yuga has done. I was able to participate a little bit in the round just to, to show some support, and they've done so much for the space. So I think they're so well-funded and well-capitalized, and I think I'm really excited to see what those guys do with a big vision and a big war chest. So I think hats off to them because they're innovators. Dapper, I think, is always going to be doing tremendous stuff with all these different licenses, and especially when it comes to sports, I don't think anybody's doing it as, as good as Dapper is. I think from an IP standpoint, which is something that I'm really focused on is building our own IP. One of the companies that I respect the most is what Gary is doing with Vif because I think he takes a similar approach to what we're doing is like, how do you build generational IP that could resonate with all ages? So big cat tip to Gary with another huge vision for something very different in the space and building IP from the ground up. So those are the ones that are coming top of mind at the moment. Definitely some good ones. Big cool. ones, yeah. Needle movers. Any quick things you want to share on the roadmap coming forward? So we're doing our Genesis drops over the next few weeks here. But if you're interested in participating, just a little bit of inside information here is that it's not really inside information. It's on the website, but you might not notice it. So worth sharing is that if you're participating in these drops, if you max mint five, you're going to get marked to receive a golden ticket in a future airdrop. A golden ticket is effectively an NFT. They look like golden tickets that allow you early access to mint future drops starting in 2023. And you could mint as many as you want. So effectively, as long as there's inventory, if you go and you participate in the master's drop and you buy five, if you go back and buy five more, if they're still available, then you're, you get a two golden tickets. You buy another five, you get three golden tickets. And these are NFTs, so you can buy, sell, and trade them when the marketplace is launched. But again, you will get priority access for future drops. And I will say the IP partnerships that we're going to announce soon are just ridiculous. I still think I'm dreaming with some of these partnerships that we're going to announce. So if you're a fan of just huge brands and doing collectibles and things like that and stuff that we grew up with in, in the 80s and 90s, I think you'll be excited by some of these minting opportunities. Um, so that's one. And then we have a bunch of games that we're in development in right now. So beyond just collecting, you'll be able to play with your crypto in a variety of ways in the coming months. We have a few games in development internally right now, and one of which is going to be launching very shortly after Mint. Additionally, I thought a lot of folks don't really know this, but it's worth highlighting. We have two people on the team that are dedicated uh, 100% of their time to natural language processing and AI. So inside of the mobile app that we're building, you're going to have AI based experiences with your crypto will you be able to interact with it in different ways so not just game applications but also utility based applications as well which we're really excited about and then yeah we have a lot of new stuff coming through the pipe like collectors incentives and whatnot starting in 2023 so uh, those are cool. the main things that would not be busy right at all yeah not busy yeah, at just, all <laughs> yeah awesome stuff guys yeah, yeah resource man sounds like a great team great experience amazing roadmap definitely check it out cryptoys y'all you have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or, have you received that chain letter? How did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued, or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore, because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them, and also train you in real-world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. We want to transition a little bit here to get your personal perspective on some questions we like to call Edge Quick Hitters. It's basically a fun and quick way for us to get to know you a little bit better. We're looking for short, like single word or few word responses to these things, but we can dive in a little bit deeper here or there. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man, let's do it. All right, question number one. What's the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? A Ninja Turtle. Nice. <laughs> now, 
Did that influence the your ninja? What was the company? I'm sorry, your first company, or I, I should say your the ninja big turtle exit. There it old is. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. So they're still present. They're still present. Got it. Little known fact, although I think we mentioned on the podcast we asked before, Josh and I know the guy that sang the theme song for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, <laughs> oh that's cool. <laughs> I need that introduction. I need to bring him back. Uh, I need to, need somebody to had to do it. Oh, he's super into NFTs. That 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 would be very easy. He's got a great voice. Can you make that introduction? I'm serious. I'm gonna. Oh, him to it, do it, no, it's done. No problem. It's done. Yeah, no problem. Yep. Beautiful. There it is. Connections. Question. Running in my head. The jingle. <laughs> nice. Question number two. What's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? My services to build a website. That was the, again, when I built the GeoCities website, I was, I was about 13 years old and going into one of those AOL chat rooms and trying to make some money by selling GeoCity website building services. Very cool. Yeah. Question number three, what's the most recent thing you purchased? The most recent thing. All right. This will be a little bit dorky. And again, it goes back to, I guess, my Ninja Turtle stuff. But of course, I'm running a digital toy company. So yeah. I have to buy toys even as an adult. I saw this at Target. This is a Stranger Things Ninja Turtle crossover collab. And I was like, if wow. you know me, you literally, this toy was made for me. I don't know if yeah. they know that we <laughs> made this, but this was constructed for Will Weinrob and walking down the Target toy aisle, because I take my kids every time I go to Target, we have to go down the toy aisle. I saw this and I put it in the cart immediately. And my wife was like, why? You don't need that. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I do need this. This is very much yes. a need. I need to Definitely hold up on a podcast need. episode. Yeah, soon. man. That's right. <laughs> Dude, Ninja Turtle theme. All right, we got it. This is the good stuff. This is amazing. Okay, awesome. Question number four. What's the most recent thing you sold? Most recent thing I sold. I sold an NFT the other day. A decent one. So I guess I'll go there with, with one of my NFTs. Okay. Also, anything you care to disclose? I did sell the one of my board apes the other day. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. That's enough to let go. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Question number five. What's your most prized possession? Physical possession, right? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, it's a tough question. So... This piece of art behind me, it's the, is this is video. It's going to be shown on video too. Or yeah. We'll have it up on YouTube. We'll also describe mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Okay. So this piece of art is custom. I graduated from Florida state or came out of Florida state. This piece of art has been with me ever since then. So around 2008 and I met a local artist in Miami that did this for me. And these are some of my favorite music artists that he put on the canvas. So you have what looks like Dr. Doom there. That's a rapper MF doom. Oh yeah. Um, one of my favorite rappers. Bad Astronaut, underground kind of punk band, and then Hieroglyphics, another hip-hop band that I grew up listening to. And uh, there's something just about that piece that uh, brings me a lot of happiness and joy every time I look at it. And it's followed yes. me around different apartments, different offices. So I really like that. So from a physical perspective, that's priceless to me, that piece of art. Even though somebody did it for me for a price, I wouldn't sell it for any amount. It's pretty badass. Yeah, and it's got oh. that Ninja Turtle green flowing through it too, man. Is it that, does. I think it does. Part yeah. of it's got the secret of the ooze vibe coming out of it. Yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> great, man. That's great. All right. Question number six. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical service and experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? What do you have your eye on? Such these are great questions. Damn it. I want to give a more thoughtful answer to that because I'm sure I could follow up if I have more time to think about it. I think right now, I think right now, like one of the things that I was really excited about, thinking just believe it or not, was a ridiculous outdoor kitchen because I'm a big griller. Yeah. Uh, I like to grill, I like to like host and entertain people. And I want like really like one of those ridiculous ones where like an outdoor structure with a grill and a TV where you could sit outside watch football and grill and hang out all day. So that's one, if you think from a physical perspective. Yeah. Um, and then from there's actually a car, a 1965 Mustang in forest green with cream interior that I have my eye on whenever I get some spare cash. And that's a car that like I would just love to drive on the weekends. So, oh man, you know. Gary Seinfeld probably would be down to to join you yeah. in that car. Comedians yeah. and cars, It'll yeah. 
Nice, man. That's, those are great. Those are great. Okay. Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? So I think there's a couple of things that I value highly in other people that I try my best to employ and deploy myself. I think the first thing is empathy. I think that's one of the most important things that I think you can, this is not something I don't think you're born with. I think something you, you practice at is the real raw, authentic connection to other human beings and sitting there and putting yourself in their shoes and your perspective and, and being a good listener and deploying empathy. I think that is such a, an important quality. And unfortunately, it's becoming more and more rare these days in our 80 driven society where we're onto too many things, interacting with so many people on a daily basis. I think when I, as I raise my kids and I practice every day trying to be a better father than the day before, I try to have more empathy for them and for the others around me, including the folks that I work with here at OnChain Studios. And then another thing as far as a quality goes that I think uh, it could serve people very valuably in life is take pride in being a really good storyteller. Oftentimes people don't value just how important storytelling is for just various aspects of our life, whether that's building a business, recruiting, building connection with your loved ones, the ability to tell stories and share stories and listen to stories, I think is really, it's a big part of the human connection from like our tribal days of like building, being around a campfire and talking to each other. And we lose a lot of that, again, more of our fast hitting AD driven society is just like little 15 second clips on TikTok followed by bursts of information here and there, but like sitting down and being able to tell a, a good story for 30 minutes or an hour, however long it takes and listening to that stories or interacting with folks. I think there's a lost art in storytelling. So empathy and storytelling, if I were to give advice to another entrepreneur out there, if you can get good at those two things, I think that it's, it's a really good foundation for building businesses and advancing society and being good for participating oh, yeah. in your family and with your friends. Great combination. Great one. The flip side of that though, Question eight, if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? I think oftentimes I can be impulsive. Sometimes it's a double-edged sword because I impulsively started this company and project. So I guess yeah. that's one way where it was a good thing. But yeah. sometimes I think it, you really want to take a moment to process things before acting it or saying it, et cetera. And I think impulsivity has a lot of good things. There's a lot of good things about acting on your impulses. And there are business books written on how you should always trust your gut and being what's your impulsive reaction, but also times you got to watch out. So I think my impulsivity is something that I always try to refine mm. a little bit. Yeah. And maybe knowing the difference, right? That's right. Yeah. Question number nine, what'd you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was on a call with a hire that I was trying to make. I was trying to recruit someone into the company. So yeah. I was trying to pitch that person and on why they should be joining and let's see what happens. I'm really excited yeah. about that potential hire. Good luck with that one. And last question here, question 10, what are you going to do next after the podcast? So after the podcast, I am actually going to reply to a few text messages from my investors that I saw come through here just now, but some exciting news it looks like. So I'm going to reply there. I saw Josh's introduction about the ninja serendipity subject line that just came through, which is the introduction to the guy that did the James, James Mandel. Yeah. So I James. think that's going to be, if I have my priorities in order, I'm responding to that email right after that <laughs> there you call. Go. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. So Send good. him a photo of that thing you just bought it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So there's, we have two Ninja Turtle connections. I've got another connection apparently to make as well. I sent you a guy that played the voice of one of the Ninja Turtles and apparently, no. so we've got, a, we've got two Ninja Turtle intros to make. See? Guys, this is why you come on the Edge of NFT podcast. You come on, you think you're doing a show, but you're leaving with introductions, values, doors open. So we had this other guy on the podcast and he was a huge fan of Pink Floyd. And we were able to connect him directly with Scott Page, saxophone player for Pink Floyd. Yeah, wow. you're not lying. We do we do this all the time. It's what we do. <laughs> hey, that's making dreams come true. <laughs> thanks, thanks I for sharing come with on us. The show more often. I, I, come hang know, out. Let's book a weekly. Let's do a weekly <laughs> that's session. Okay. That's great. That's awesome. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. 
It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com It's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners. Their NFT white label marketplaces was our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe, It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. So that's Edge Quick Hitters. Ethan, let's get over to Hot Topics. We've got a special one for today. Oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. All right, Hot Topics for today is all about a sponsored hot topic about Rafi Lounge. We have founder Rafi Antibi with us here to talk about the world's first members-only Web3 Lounge incorporated onto the blockchain. Welcome, Rafi. Great to have you here in your very zen and peaceful studio there. How's it going? Going amazing. I was listening to the whole conversation. I loved it. I love the connections you do. And by the way, just before we even start, one of the members in my lounge, which we're going to talk about it, produced me in the turtles. So I've got a good connection for you after that. What is happening? That's <laughs> great. <laughs> what is happening on this podcast? My yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, one of them was my Tai Chi student for many years. His name is Lance Robbins. And the other guy's name is Ellie Deckel. And it goes all the way to uh, my friend Shuki Levy, who is partnered with Saban, who created that. So we'll talk later. This is incredible. I feel like if we kept going for another half an hour, there's going to be another Zoom tile that's pop up and like literally one of the Ninja Turtles are just going to show up at this point. My name is Rafael, the full name, so you can put me as a Ninja Turtle. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Rafi, look, man, it's so great to have you on the show. And I had the privilege to learn a little bit about what you're building and uh, couldn't wait to, to share it with the guys and with the world. Give us a scoop. Okay. I created something called Rafi Lounge and I created two years in the midst of pandemic. And the main purpose was I was doing many other things and live many lifetime in this lifetime, I would say. And I saw that there's a fear. And in the same time, there's also a certain potential for growth for something that never happened before. There was something that was very in at the time, if you can say that call digital nomads, mm-hmm. all those people that realize that they can go around the world with a little computer and little cell phone and create businesses and they don't need the four walls. And this formula or this kind of concept really magnify itself through Zoom, as we know, and understanding that we really don't need those four walls anymore and we can really do it anywhere. At the same time, the other factor was that a lot of people needed wellness and and really connect to the spiritual side and understand more about life. And they went deeper inside to learn about themselves and to get better physically as well. So I created this place. I landed upon, I was actually traveling for one month by myself. I said, God gave me the best gift is to see America without people. So I went to travel all the way to Yellowstone, came back and created this thing called Rafi Lounge, that a place that I found, it's 11,000 square feet out of that six and a half thousand square feet is a balcony overlooking the ocean in the most spectacular place in Malibu, right across from Soho and Nobu. And I created an outdoors experience where people can come and combine wellness with a co-working space in outdoors. And we've been two years into it. We have a lot of people, as you heard, some of the people that you just indirectly talked about that are members here. And while I do it, I myself, I'm an artist and I did, as I said, I do many things and I see myself first and most as an artist. So immediately when people start talking to me about NFTs, I let me tap into it. 
And I learned more and more. And then I said, okay, for a selfish reason, if you can say, I'm going to start to do like NFT nights and invite all kinds of speakers to talk about it so I can learn. And also I can pick and choose if I want to do something, who do I want on my team? And uh, that, like a few months ago, I said, okay, I'm game. I'm in. And I called all those people around me and I said, I want you to be part of that. I said, what do you want to do? I said, I myself, I used to create, and we're going to talk about it if you have time, but I was a Kung Fu and Tai Chi monk in China. And I also go a lot to China and Tibet and Nepal to learn mandala send artwork. And I said, we're going to create a digital mandala that is a GIF. And from that, we're going to convert it into QR codes and we're going to use a token so it's going to allow a lifetime access to our launch through the NFT platform. And that's where we are today. Amazing. And that mint is like coming up. It's like right around the corner, right? So uh, 11, November 11? 11, 11 at 11, 11 a.m. <laughs> nice. One, 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 two, two. There you go. Exactly. Amazing. Okay, cool. So that's really cool. Anything folks need to know about that drop that, that's special? Yeah, there's, we did. there are a few tiers, but the main two tiers really right now that available, there's one tier that's called the Unity. We're going to do, like you guys talked before, we also do the Genesis collection, which is going to be a very limited one. The Unity one is actually available for everybody. It's going to be a digital one. So basically, people will be able to go online. They will be able to tap into any class that we have. And we have anything here from yoga to Tai Chi to meditation. The Lama of Tibet come here. And we're going to do also interviews online with some of my monk friends and chanting and things like that. They will be able to tap daily and do that. And that's going to come and that's going to come out. I think it's 0.2 for each one. Each token is 0.2. And then they will be able also to come once a year to a big tea gathering that we're going to do and to attend our Vortex workshops that we're going to do three days work twice a year. We're going to do it in like Vortex area in Sedona, Arizona or Mount Shasta or places like that, which is going to involve what I call ancient healing modalities with futuristic financial modalities. And the second drop or the second collection is what I call the Mindful Connection. And that's a co- that collection is the main collection that I think a lot of people are looking at because it's a membership lifetime. Both of them are, by the way, lifetime. So they pay basically, it's 3.33 ETH and they have one time and we're only releasing one, one, one of those at the first stage. And uh, they will be able to come here to any classes that you want, anywhere from Brooke Burke, who's teaching you to Dancing with the Stars, to me teaching Tai Chi, to all of those, to attend all of those. And they will be able to go and, and also attend other uh places that we're going to open like Miami, Scottsdale and Newport and be part of that big community. And uh, yeah, and the last thing is that uh, in Art Basel, we're going to do there another pop-up for a Rafi Lounge. That's And so hopefully they will all come there and join us. Awesome. Yeah, can't, can't wait. I'll be there and looking forward to it. And there's just so much about this project that I really love in terms of this connection of consciousness through digital. We talk a lot about Web3 burnout, but there is like tremendous benefit from using this technology to, to create greater connection between people and their own consciousness. I, I totally agree. I think that the, how the Web3, and I talk about it a lot here, how the Web3 is emerged slowly, it really meets the spiritual world. I think we talk about it slightly, wrong, but it's such a beautiful way because there will be a time that everybody will have to connect without the intermediate or the institutions. So the revolution of Web3 is so above just uh, uh, the internet. It's really a lot of the institution will have to take a step back and really adjust it to it's the way that people will interact with each other without having the institution in the middle. And obviously information will come much faster very soon. And then even if you look little things like when I travel from Nepal in, in Tibet and I go to the Himalayas and I went too fast down to Nepal and I got mountain sick from that. And it took them 24 hours to verify my, my insurance in America. And those verification, because they're going to go now to another level, it's going to be so fast without the insurance being involved, going to save money people, and we all will be verifying each other, which will be amazing. So what do you think? I was going to say that roadmap, though, by the way, sounds amazing. The partnerships that we were talking to to Will about, just the power of these different partnerships and relationships that form and dude, like already in in these early days, you've been forming so many close relationships that are going to propel this thing forward. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to check it out. 
Thank you. I have a lot of, as you see, you talk each one about his experience and he said to me, I don't want to edge myself. I definitely don't want to edge myself, but I've created so many relationships and everybody really stepped forward from last weekend. We have an, a full experience here on the weekend and we brought anybody from Bento Boy to Brett and to from WGMI and to Amir and a lot of people from the NFT world that they all really want to help. And all the way to the other friends like Jamie Fox and Gerard Butler and all those people that jump in. And then if you even see on the board, I didn't choose a board that's going to be just a normal board. I do have the former president of Sony, who, by the way, left after 23 years because of NFT, because that's the space you want to be in. But also like Lavinia, who was the owner of Equinox Gym and the Lama of Tibet, who said, I'll sit on your board and I'll give the spiritual advice that I can. So we're really trying to merge those worlds between the youth and the elderly and really make it about wellness and progressiveness. And you have Edge of Company also in the mix. Thank you for including us as members. We're really excited about it. Will, what do you think, man? Is there a conscious toy, a collaboration at some point down the road? 100%. I like the idea. I like the concept. I think uh, like we talked about earlier, just being present, being conscious, deploying empathy, all these different traits that I think are super important, especially as we educate younger audiences. There's a lost art to it. So I, I love the mission and I think there could be cool there's a cool collab maybe down the line for both the, both companies. Thank you for sure. I would love that. And as I said, I'm always happy to help and I will definitely put you in touch with those people so that you can maybe create this Ninja Delta more than a little kid's. Oh, man. That's it. But I always, it. But I always stay, no matter what, when you look at things, still try to look at it from a kid's eye. That's the most beautiful thing, right? Totally cool. agree. And speaking of that, I think we have we have a little giveaway, which will definitely inspire some some excitement, Rafi, for from your end. Do you want to share any of the details around that mindful NFT? I think we got in the mix here. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we have one mindful NFT that we're going to give. So mindful NFT, again, it's something that everybody will be able to come here. So whoever gets it, it's somebody something that they can come immediately. And that's the beauty about what we do is that it's not a futuristic thing. It's here and now. So they can drop in as soon as they get it, come in here, meet everybody and start to participate in all the classes and hopefully can be with us in the full moon uh, ceremonies that we have and everything. Uh, that's great. Man. So, yeah, so keep an eye on our shows, socials for that giveaway. We'll give you all the details on how to score that thing. Massive, massive value coming your way if you're lucky enough to grab that. But also before you head out, Raf, you want to make sure we know where to follow you as well as your company and all your projects. Where should we send people? Okay, you can send us to Twitter, obviously, to Rafi Lounge. And we also, we have on the web three, it's a Rafi lounge.io and that's where you can see all the things and we can do the, the people can register for the whitelist and all those things over there. And then if you want to see the classes, then on Rafi lounge.com, that's where we have the platform or you can download the app. We now have an app Rafi lounge on the app and you can see all the classes that we have there. Beautiful. Amazing stuff. Everybody head over there, check it out. Rafi lounge. Rafi, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Thank you. All right, guys. We wanted to move to this next piece here that we've recently added. That's a segment just called Shout Out. That's where we like to give a little bit of love for people that are moving the needle in our orbit and wanted to hand the mic over to Will here to share with you somebody that's moving the needle for him. Yeah, no, this is a great segment. I love it. I want to give a shout out to my co-founder and COO of the company, JT. There's a lot of moving parts when you're running a business at this scale. And you see a lot of folks right now, they're doing a lot of different aspects of the company, whether that's Emilio on, on engineering and Alfonso, who's doing product, Freddie, who's doing art and animation. And JT is oftentimes very much behind the scenes, but he's doing a lot of the work that's incredibly necessary for us to even get to this point. All of the operations and just making sure that this is moving at the pace that that needs to move at and making sure that every one of those people that I just mentioned have the right resources, the right team, the right funding, the right, just everything situated and structured properly for them. I want to give a shout out to JT because he's always operating behind the scenes and want to make sure he gets the love and the appreciation that he deserves. Appreciate you, JT. Thank you so much for everything, brother. Hey, much love, JT, making that happen behind the scenes. We do appreciate it as well. Well, before we break for this episode, man, we also got to make sure that our listeners know where to follow you and the project and all these amazing things you have going on over there. Where should we send them? 
Yeah, I think the best place is go to cryptoys.com, check out the website. I think for more up-to-date information, you always go want to go to our Twitter, twitter.com slash cryptoys or at cryptoys, and then our Discord. So if you're following us on Twitter and you're in our Discord and then also have the website up as a reference point and you've created an account, you're good to go. I think you'll be in the loop as much as humanly possible. Nice. Are you particularly active personally on socials as well? Or yeah, Twitter is my go-to. I would say that's my, my, my social network of choice at the moment. So I'm excited to see what Elon does with the platform and where it goes from here. Be interesting. Yeah. Interesting ride. Right on. <laughs> and we're on the streets. We also have a giveaway from Cryptoys and that's uh, some allow list spots. Listeners, please keep an eye on our socials. We'll get you all the details on how to score one of these highly coveted spots and, and uh, you know, give you the opportunity to win one. All right, guys, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, say something awesome, and then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Also, look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.